Hey everybody, welcome back to the Podcast Daily. It is Tuesday. That is Bill Landis. I am Austin Ward. And we're into July. Right? Sure are. Yeah. Is that right? We are. We're trying to get through the best we can. A couple of weeks away from Indianapolis. You may have heard me say that. Big Ten Media Days are right around the corner. We had a mailbag about a week and a half ago, maybe two weeks ago. It was an interesting question. We were asked, Bill, what we thought the most likely record to fall for Ohio State this year would be. Yeah. You could pick anything. And none of us prepared to answer it. We did not. So a week or two weeks later, we're, we're digging in uh, to the answer of, of to that question, which is like, there's not a whole lot. I, I was looking like through the record book, trying to figure out like this roster coming back. And I, I still think the most likely answer is the one that I said of touchdown passes in, in a game with, uh, which would be seven, six has been done several times. Um, <clears throat> there are some, individual receiving records that I think could be in jeopardy. But outside of that, I, I don't I don't think there's a lot that you look at and say to yourself, like, yeah, there's even like a, a somewhat decent chance of that happening, which then leads you down, I think, a, another interesting road, which is like, how many Ohio State records are there out there? Like, with the way that the program is built now, the way that it operates, the way that it recruits, that, that might stand the test of time. And, and I, I was... You know, I didn't go through the entire thing. The record book is pretty pretty extensive. But I was just picking out a couple, and I, like, there were a few. I was like, no, I don't know if this will ever happen again. I don't know if this will ever happen again. So I thought that, that could be a worthwhile conversation in addition to what might happen this year. Are you talking mainly about the career records, like longevity of getting, you know, four seasons worth of games or single season records that you also think are unattainable? Both. More, more of it is career records because if you're that good enough to do it, then you're probably not going to be around for four years. Um, that That is... I guess the, the major crux of it. There are some single season records too that I, I just don't. If it's, I don't want to say it's like impossible because clearly it's possible because it's happened before. But um, it seems fairly unlikely just just based on like you know the history of college football and the way that this program has multiple guys that can do do a similar job and, and maybe rotates a little more than than this program has done in the past. So even when it comes to something like Marvin Harrison trying to assault the record books. As a receiver, yeah, the fact that he has to do it alongside or gets to do it alongside a Mecca Buka and Julian Fleming and Cade Stover and Joe Royer and the rest of that crew, that is a challenge because you're probably, you're not going to just let him go out there. And a lot of other offenses, if they had him, they would throw him 150 targets. That's not going to happen, probably. Yeah, which I think like really gets to the heart of the point because he's he is the guy that I think you would assume has the best chance of doing anything. And even for him, I think it's going to be really hard. Because if you look at him and Emeka Ibuka are pretty like pretty even statistically. They were actually remarkably so last year, and I kind of think they will be again this year, if I had to guess. So, like, even stuff like Jackson Smith and Jigba's single-season receiving record is, is 95. They did in 2021. Um, I don't know. That's a lot of catches in an offense where there's Marvin Harrison, Emeka Ibuka, and Julian Fleming, and who knows what these young guys might do. Um, the receiving yards in a season is also Jackson's. It's 1,606. Maybe, maybe that's out there. I think like both those guys were not too far off of that last year, Marvin and Emeka. Like I, th- I think that's possible. If you want to talk about records that could potentially go down this year, I, I think <clears throat> those are the two. Like if I had to put, it, if I had to pick a, a, if you put the over under on the record for receptions in a season, I would take the under. Ninety five is a lot. Um, I might go over on receiving yards. I don't, I don't know because those guys have big play potential. Even if they only reel in like let's call it 80, 80 receptions, like I think they could. Sp- with 1,600 receiving yards. Um, receiving touchdowns, the record is 17 in a season. 
think that's out there. Marvin had 14 last year. Mecca had 10. Um, that might be the most attainable of, of all of them because um, I don't think Ohio State is going to stop throwing the ball as much as it has on a Ryan Day. But that's like the extent of the list. <laughs> it was really hard to find other ones that that I thought were even you know in the realm of possibility. Unless you unless you want to predict like JT Toy Molowau is going to have a monster season and break Chase Young's sack record, I wouldn't predict that because uh, there have been very few double digit sack seasons in the history of Ohio State football. Right. Um, like far fewer than I would have guessed. So to say he's going to get, well, Chase had 16 and a half that year, right? Um, that's a big number. I don't, I don't know. If JT had 10, I think everybody would be ecstatic. They'll get to 16 and a half is, is pretty absurd. <laughs> but Chase Young uh, did everyone a favor by missing two games because yeah, that's the those were the stat padding. Yeah. That record is nowhere near where it actually should be. Um, and we don't need to go relitigate what happened there, but that was absolutely ridiculous. And, may have cost him a Heisman Trophy as well as changing the record book. Yep. It also is amusing to look at the impact that one game had on Jackson Smith and Jigba in the record book. Like When you throw 15 extra catches and 350 yards in one game, it, it, all, it changed the whole way that season looked. And it was a unique set of circumstances, and he obviously made the most out of it. But I don't usually feel like what was the – sit down and ask, what was the best receiving season in Ohio State history – I don't think I would name Jackson in that year with those numbers up there. Like it got a little bit inflated at the end. Yeah. And that's not a knock on him or his talent or the impact that he had in that Rose bowl. Like that's sort of skewed things that that's not the season I would name. Right. For prolific does not necessarily equal greatest or, or, or best. I, th- I think I'm with you. Cause he had, he had two games. The Nebraska game was a similar situation too, where he really piled on the, the catches and, and the yards and like, it was a great season, but I don't know, like, if, and if you really want to dig into it, it's like in the Rose Bowl, like, Utah had, like, one good cornerback. Like, I think I think one series I was playing cornerback for Utah in that game. So, not to take, like, Jackson's awesome. And, and the other thing, about, like, he would have really had a chance to go after some of these career numbers had he had a full season in 2022, which is unfortunate for him. But um, I think there's certainly a world where Marvin Harrison Jr. comes up short of those single-season records, but has the quote-unquote best season we've seen from a high seed receiver because, like, the, the program only has one Bolitnikoff winner, right? Terry Glenn. Um, Marvin should win it this year. Sure. <laughs> he already year. should have it, but that's <laughs> yeah, that's another won conversation. Should have won it last year, so yeah. I think that's probably a better measure of, of, of greatness. Um, but it's, <clears throat> I don't know, if he, if he does break Jackson's records for a single season, then it is, without a doubt, the best season we've seen from a higher state receiver, and like I wouldn't put it past Marvin, I guess, to get a hundred receptions, but it would be pretty wild if he got close to that number. Yeah, you need you need the benefit of playing fifteen games. Yeah, this is a team that has the high end potential to do that, and if you get to that point, because it's not out of the realm of possibility that he's averaging seven catches a game. So that's that's the number that comes into my mind. And let's that's a fair point. Yeah, let's let's game that out. You know, that's. That's 105 receptions if you get to play all 15. If you don't, I mean, there's some wiggle room, and seven is still a lot because of the other weapons that we talked about on this team. But I don't think it's going to be that hard. We saw that. Like, Just think about the spring game when he was out there, and that's a spring game. That is not the same as a Big Ten opponent, uh, although <laughs> some of them are going to have the same issues. All of them are going to have problems covering him. But they just went out there and was like, well, this drive, we're going to get Marvin his work and he's going to be done. It was like, boom, 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 three receptions down the field. If that's what they decide to do, 
and somebody like doesn't want to cover double cover him on every single snap, which again is going to be hard because of the presence of Omeka and Julian and those other guys that I mentioned. Like he's going to have a, a lot of drives where he's probably going to get four or five balls in a row, and I bet he catches all of them. It's like yeah, I all the things that you said are true, and there are going to be games I don't where know they, if they are now. <laughs> well, I think that you're right. You have to keep in mind like it isn't going to actually be that easy, and at some point he will feel tired or he'll have an ankle might pop up like knock on wood. You don't wish that on anybody, but it's hard to get through all 15 games and there are going to be opponents where Ohio state doesn't need him to play at all. And he might catch two balls for a touchdown and then you shut him down. Yeah. Like you, if he plays at all against Youngstown state, then we'll bring back our favorite term coaching malpractice. <laughs> like it's unnecessary, but yeah. those are also the, some of the games that you use to, to stat pad. So I don't know, like seven doesn't seem outrageous because he is so good. And if you get to that, like you break that record and have a little bit of room to spare. But I mean, he hit. So he hit, I think, yeah, it is, it is more attainable probably than I, than I initially initially realized. He had seventy seven last year. If he plays the fourth quarter against Georgia, he's got what eighty three, almost eighty five, probably. If they had the Big Ten championship and they would have beaten Georgia, I think he probably gets to a hundred quite comfortably. Yeah, you, but you have to do that. So yeah. like, it's not some of these things that we'll talk about there that are you know. Bill is obviously prepared. He has a yellow pad. If you can't, if you're just listening on the on the platforms uh, here, audio here, only, here, here, you can listen to the paper here. Yeah, yeah. there you go. You can rustle those yellow <laughs> paper. Um, you know, you some of these are going to be more interesting, but you have to win. So to get to individual records is my point. I lost track there for a second. Your team has to have success to get to 15 games. Like that's that's the part of it. And a lot of these guys did benefit from that from playing longer seasons. And and you've got some interesting stuff on there. What? Kick it off. So, I get. We'll start with like like uh, rushing yards in a season. J.K. Dobbins went wild in twenty seven. No, sorry, not twenty seven. Twenty nineteen mm-hmm. with two thousand and three in the Justin Fields J.K. offense, which was like awesome to watch. Yeah. Is Ohio State ever going to have a two thousand yard rusher again? I doubt it. It just seems like they want to have two, right? They want to. In some classes, they they want to take two. If not most classes, they want to. Um, it just seems unlikely to happen. Um, 25 rushing touchdowns in a season. Pete Johnson did it in 1975. That's a lot. No I, way. I don't think that's ever going to happen. <laughs> Unless, like, you know, Ryan Day goes to the NFL or decides he wants to go colonize Mars and they bring in a head coach who doesn't want to throw the football. Um, I don't I don't see that happening. Career rushing touchdowns, 56. Like, it's – it's. I just don't see it out there. Uh, but it I mean, 25, that one – there were a lot of – Run heavy Ohio State team since what was that 1973, 75, yeah. yeah. I mean, that record has gone has stood the test of time. Like if Eddie George couldn't beat it, and now you're talking about this version of the Ohio State offense, right. chances seem pretty. Yeah, long. like Trevion Henderson has 21 for his career. Mayan Williams has 17 for his career. Um, I think they could both potentially get to 30 for their career, which is pretty awesome. If you have a, a running back tandem who each flirts with 30 career rushing touchdowns, and Travion is probably going to go over 3,000 rushing yards for his career. Mine will go over 2,000 rushing yards for his career if everything breaks right for them. Like Those are two very productive backs working together. I think that's about as good as it gets um, for Ohio State moving forward, unless the entire identity of the offense changes sometime in, in, in the future, which would be probably the, the distant future. Uh, or the Yeah, the distant future. So um, I think those are safe. Um, we talked about the, the receiving records. Dwayne Haskins feels untouchable. Like, for as good as C.J. Stroud was the last two years, didn't really come close. (laughs) 
to, to, and Dwayne played for one year. Yeah, I I remember thinking strongly when those numbers were they were still you know incomplete when he was in New York City, and I was like, people are not talking about him legitimately having a chance to win the Heisman, and I don't understand why. Yeah, like okay, he's in an offense with a bunch of talent, and you can you can make all those justifications that it's a system which. You know, the guy who won uh, pretty famously is coming out of a system that <laughs> designs those numbers. But let's set aside that point. What he did in that one year is such an anomaly for not just Ohio State, especially Ohio State, but in college football in general. Like it was absolutely insane what he did. Yeah, and I thought like as I was like telling these up, I was like, all right, so CJ fifty touchdowns is, is a single season record for Dwayne. CJ was like forty. He had eighty five for his career, so his average was. It was a close, little, a little less than that. Close, yeah. He was great. He probably should have won a Heisman Trophy too, and, and <laughs> didn't come. Uh, didn't didn't threaten Dwayne all that much for the single season touchdowns. But I thought to myself, like, it's happened enough in college football that like someone will do it at Ohio State, right? Like, it's happened eight times in the history of college football that's, that's <laughs> that a quarterback wild. has thrown fifty touchdowns in a season. It happened twice since Dwayne. One was Joe Burrow, um, again a season where he went insane and the other was Bailey Zappi, which is like some of these gimmick offenses guys get up there. Um, I just don't, I, I, even the best Ohio state quarterback seasons moving forward. I think 50 is a really hard number to attain. And I think 4,800 passing yards is a really hard number to attain because Ryan day for as much as he likes to throw the ball will want to strike some semblance of balance. Um, and I just don't, I just don't know if it'll ever quite look like it looked in 2018 again, even if it does always slant toward throwing the ball. That was, I think the peak version of that that we'll ever see. You could have given me a million guesses and even told me that it was the last within the last five years or two years, and I don't think I would have guessed Bailey Zappi had done it. Yeah, I mean, they throw the ball like 85 times a game, so it's like it's a fake record. Kind of, but <laughs> but I still would have thought they'd be like, well, their team had no success. There had to have been like two games where they got shut out. You didn't throw any. I mean, they very well, they very well could have. Um, I don't. I have to dig into the numbers. It isn't. You don't need to do. Yeah, that. I'm not going to do that. But it is as a as a side note. Like it's an interesting window into how Western Kentucky operates. And Ohio State is going to see that offense this year. I think that could be interesting because they are going to just try to drop back and, and bomb it all over them if they can. So, uh, but that's how that's how a guy gets was it, 60, 62 touchdown passes. Jeez, <laughs> pretty insane. Yeah. I think the stuff that you've looked at defensively. You mentioned Chase Young. That I've always thought. I didn't need to do any research. Like individual tackles, those days are long gone. And I think a lot of it is because of the way that stats are kept. Mm-hmm. You used to get credit for a lot more jumping on the pile. And I'm not knocking a Tom Kuzno or a Spielman. Uh, those guys are way too tough for me to make any accusations <laughs> like that. But I've seen in other places that I've worked very generous gifts of tackles going into that. Uh, even as much as we think Tommy Eichenberg is going to play, as great of a form tackler and hitter as he is, that's a tall task. Yeah, I think I think those are other numbers that are untouchable. Um, Tom Cousineau, 211 tackles in a season. Um, Marcus Merrick, 572 career tackles. Um, you have to play seven years now in college football, I think, to, to hit that number, um, which is crazy because, like, Tommy was all over the place last year. He had 120 tackles. Um First linebacker with 100 tackles since Joshua Perry. Like it was, it was a great season. Statistically, just watching with your eyeballs, like like everything matched up, and it's like that's not even close to the, to the most prolific season an Ohio State linebacker has ever had. Um, so I think like when you're measuring that kind of stuff, you have to almost pivot to like 
can a guy get to 300 tackles? And even that is a lot. But Tommy can get there, I think, this year. He needs uh, 114 tackles this year to get to 300 for his career, um, which I would think, well, I don't know. He played a ton last year. He had 120. If Jim Knowles is, like, true to his word and does want to rotate a little more, maybe work in C.J. Hicks and Gabe Powers more in blowouts than he did last year, maybe 114 is a little tough to get to. He can be like Joshua Perry who finished with 298 career tackles, hmm. just just short of 300. That's – I don't think that Joshua Perry would have also registered in my mind as being the, I don't know, pole setter from the last decade or so. I mean, Tommy, Tommy should get to that, that mark and get over 300 in my mind. Uh, but, again, a lot of it will come down to do you handle your business and win the East? You, you win the rivalry, so you get to play in Indianapolis the extra week, and do you get to play uh, an extra game in the playoffs? Like, that's – that's how you have to break records anymore. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, this used to be more, you know, this isn't a new concept that I'm talking about, that team success fuels individual success, and, and in some respects vice versa. But anymore, if, you, if you're actually going to achieve something of that consequence in the record books, it is going to be about the volume of opportunities you get. You look at, you know, career touchdowns and passing touchdowns that JT Barrett had, that's not going to happen because you're not going to have four years of starting experience, but you get to, you're playing a lot of games and you're playing championship games and bonus opportunities. You know, those didn't used to even count in the record books in NCAA for a long time, which justification for that. I have no idea. They (laughs) they played the game and uh, I saw Barry Sanders running wild in a holiday bowl. Uh, Anyway, that's a a side point, but you guys used to say that, like, Oh, you know, we can't, we can't do anything without the team success, but when it comes to record books anymore, that's actually that that literally is true because you have to win games to get the extra opportunities. Yeah, you need to give yourself the runway for it. Um, and even then, I don't I don't know that it's a guarantee because there's someone like you said, some of the way the stats are kept now is a little a little different. Um, I did gloss over JT uh, when we were doing the passing stuff. Nine thousand four hundred and thirty-four career passing yards, one hundred and four touchdowns, both career program records. I think those can fall. If Ohio State ever has a three-year starting quarterback again, which I don't know when that is likely to happen, doesn't seem like that's <laughs> going to happen. Yeah, if it does happen, I think it's like CJ would would uh, obliterate those numbers if he had another year of starting. But these guys are so good that they're going to the league after one or two years, and I just I don't I don't see that changing anytime soon either. How close could he have got to that? CJ finished so CJ is second in career passing yards with eight thousand one hundred and twenty. So, so that like, was going down. It's like twelve hundred off, and then he had eighty-five touchdowns, so he okay. had to get nineteen more to keep that. Record. So both were going down. Yeah, he would have he would have smoked them both. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it, the productivity rate has definitely ramped up since yeah. JT Barrett's. Like that was a real longevity record, and now I mean, you could get you got reasonably close if you're CJ Stroud over two years, and he missed. I mean, Dwayne might have done it if he played for yeah. two, two years, <laughs> but. And then CJ, but CJ also missed two appearances in Indy and a bonus playoff game and and a regular season game. Yeah, so boy, that's pretty close. Maybe it can be done with two, but it's pretty unlikely. If it's done with two, you gotta play fifteen games. You gotta both play years. fifteen games both years, and I, I would I would like Ohio State's chances of winning a couple national championships <laughs> if guys start doing that stuff. Well, I guess the other alternative is. If those records are important. Then Ohio State can just stop recruiting five-star quarterbacks every single year. There you go. Yeah, you know, Ryan. Just, why did you change your approach? All oh, the the record books are on fire. We had 
<laughs> we, we had the just wanted back. to take a break. We wanted to see what we could do with a three-year starter. Like just, I'd never had one before. You guys made a big deal out of it when I got to coach Justin Fields for the second year. Uh, I wanted to see what happens with a third year. That's another guy who got kind of boned by uh, oh, very much second though. season. Yeah, he would have. He finished like sixty-one passing touchdowns. Um, I don't know. He wouldn't. He would be like top five in probably every category had he gotten two full seasons. So, what do you think is the most likely record to you've, fall? You've kind of talked me into Marvin with sheer receptions. Like, if, I just feel like if. The way they recruit the position, it's, it's hard. But if anyone was ever going to get 100, it's probably Marvin. Like, you would think it's Marvin. And, of course, like, I don't know. Maybe it'll say the same thing about Jeremiah Smith in three years for all I know. But um, I think I think Marvin going after Jackson's 2021 season, probably. Because even the single-game passing touchdown record, it's like, it'd be cool. Like, it's a record. But it's, it's a, like, it's, it's a crapshoot. Yeah. Situations. What did you, what happened when you got in the red zone? Right. Did you get an explosive touchdown pass? Like. I That's think, gonna, yeah. I think Marvin Marvin chasing down Jackson is like the most compelling and most most possible for what he would end up doing. Yeah, I mean one of the one of the ways that Jackson stockpiled them before those huge games, like if you needed third and four, no one was going to cover him on a, on a slant. And right. that's doubly true for Mark. Yeah, and and like they're going to move him around and try to do different stuff with him. Um, maybe they'll throw him a pop pass or two to help pad those mm. stats. That'd be great. Bring back the pop pass, you yeah, say? Yeah, I love the pop pass. What an interesting idea. Right. Huh. I've never once advocated for that <laughs> in the Ohio State offense. That's a great idea. This guy hates easy offense. <laughs> Gosh, I just don't know why. Is it too easy for them? Are they bored by it? Maybe. I don't I don't get it. It's it's like beneath Ryan Day's state to, to <laughs> throw a two inch pass. Yeah. I mean Urban's like I'm going to put up that many points, but I'm going to use the pot pass and quarterback power in third and one. Like sometimes you think back and like, huh, sometimes easy does help. It can be effective. Hmm. Anyway, do whatever you want. Ryan day and Brian Hartline. <laughs> it's your offense. And it's clearly not broken because we're talking about all the records that have been set while you've been around or could break while you stay around. Uh, and that has been an interesting version and hopefully informative version of the podcast daily for a Tuesday uh, stick with us throughout the week. We got a lot more content coming, as always. Maybe even a conversation to preview the season opener against Indiana. We'll see. Who can say for sure what will happen with that? <laughs> for Bill Landis, I am Austin Ward. Thanks again for joining us. We'll talk to you later.